Amen. Thank you very much. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, just as we, as I was sitting there listening to that song and thinking of the words of that song, Lord, what a call for each one of us that calls ourselves followers of Jesus Christ today. A call to us to make a difference in this world. Think of even just this week of the pain and the suffering that's gone on. From the tragedy of the hurricane down in the Bahamas and the lives impacted through that and the storms and the flooding or to the tragedy in Oregon where there's been a reminder of the senselessness of death. A reminder that the author of death is still alive and active. Lord, I pray truly that in this world in which there is, from coast to coast and around the globe, so much tragedy. Lord, I pray that these young people and us that are in between and those nearing the end of their journey in this world, that each one of us will truly Surrender to your will to make a difference. We thank you, Jesus, for your call on each one of our lives. We thank you for the difference you've made in our lives. And as we talk about that difference today, as we speak of forgiveness, we thank you in your name. Amen. We're continuing our sermon series here at Spencerville through the Lord's Prayer from Matthew chapter six, and we've come to the phrase of the prayer, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Some of you may say, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. I, I'm reminded that as a kid, that was always the most confusing part of the prayer, was when you were kneeling there and someone was up front, and you were wondering, are they gonna say debts or trespasses? I'm, one, I'm, a, I'm a debts debtors person. How many of you ever trust Past trespassers persons. Okay, the debtors, debtor persons win. All of you change up now. Whichever way you say it, though, trespassers or debtors, the topic is pretty straightforward. This part of the prayer is about forgiveness. It says it twice in the phrase, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. In just a couple months, we in this country, here in the United States and in other parts of the world as well, for historical reasons and based on, on some traditions, we've chosen December as the month in which we remember the birth of Jesus Christ. We know that the birth did not actually happen in December, but we remember it within the month of December. Jesus' birth is one of the, the greatest acts of forgiveness in the history of mankind. His birth is one of the greatest acts of forgiveness in the history of mankind. We don't probably often look at his birth as an act of forgiveness. Of course, we, we look at other aspects of his life as acts of forgiveness. We look, of course, at the cross as an act of forgiveness. But, but his birth is truly an act of forgiveness. In Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 6, the Bible reads, All we like sheep have gone astray. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone, the scripture says, to his own or to her own way. This verse tells us 
This verse tells us, this verse shows us that, that long before Jesus was ever born, before he ever died, Isaiah prophesied, thus God understood that all of humanity would turn away from him. That all of humanity at some point in, in their lives, in their, in their history, would do wrong to the heart of God, would injure the heart of God. Now with that knowledge, God was faced with a decision, with the knowledge that, that every one of us would, would, would go against him in some way. God was faced with a decision. Even though I know that everyone will hurt me, will do me wrong, will reject me, will in some way despise me, Will I or will I not forgive them? The rest of Isaiah 53 and verse 6 answers this question. When he, if God asked himself that question ever, it, the rest of Isaiah 53 answers the question for us, what God's heart said. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The him in that verse is Jesus Christ. Thus, before Jesus was ever born into this world, it was a statement that though, that though it had not been ratified on the cross, the heart of God had already chosen to forgive you and me. It didn't actually take the cross to change God's heart. God's heart has already chosen to forgive you and I. Let's think about the depth of that for a second. To understand how amazing this is, we have to think about how we typically in human society treat the subject of forgiveness. Forgiveness works this way in mainstream humanity. Someone injures another. Someone does something wrong to another person. Step two, the individual in the wrong recognizes that they did something wrong. Step three, social etiquette Tell, etiquette tells us that the person who's done the wrong then goes to the other person and apologizes and asks for forgiveness. Step four, the person wronged then makes the decision on whether or not to forgive. Step five, if they accept the apology, if the person accepts the apology, forgiveness is, is granted and, and there's amends made. That is the process of forgiveness in, mainstream, in the mainstream of humanity. Someone wrongs us, they come to us, they say, I recognize I did wrong to you, I want to apologize to you, please forgive me for doing this. Now look at how forgiveness works in the realm of God, in, in, the, in the heart and in the mind of God. Step one, we injure God. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. We've all chosen Chosen to reject God in some way, in some area in our lives. Step two with God is this. God has already chosen to forgive us completely. In fact, forgiveness has already taken place in the heart of God even before we go to seek this forgiveness. Step three. We recognize that we've injured God, and so we say sorry. We ask him to forgive us. God doesn't at that point then make a decision because the decision has already been made. And step four, he simply informs us that, yes, I've already forgiven you. Step five, we accept that forgiveness and receive the blessing of the decision God made in his heart long ago. 
Forgiveness in the heart of God is already a done deal. The question is, do we receive, are we receiving the full blessings of God's forgiveness? In the Bible, this is illustrated beautifully in in a story found in John chapter 8. And so I want to invite you to open your Bibles there with me to uh, John chapter 8. John chapter 8, the gospel of John. If you don't have a Bible with you, there's a Bible in the pew rack in front of you. You can use as well your tablets or your smartphone. We have a Wi-Fi in here, and I believe the, the password is there in the bulletin, and so you can use that also. But in John chapter 8, we see the story of a woman, the Bible tells us, who was caught in adultery. John chapter 8, beginning in verse 2. Now early in the morning, he, as Jesus, came again into the temple And all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery, and when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, they said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what do you say? This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, he who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest even to the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Now I want to ask you a question. When did Jesus make the decision to forgive this woman? Was it when she asked? Was it when she said, Lord, forgive me for this great sin that I've done? I don't think that could be accurate because I don't read that anywhere in the scripture that she ever asked that question. I'm not saying that we shouldn't ask for forgiveness. We are told in the first epistle of John chapter Uh, chapter 1, verse 9, that we are to confess our sins, we are to ask for forgiveness. But is that when Jesus chose to forgive her? No, it doesn't even indicate that she asked for forgiveness. Did Jesus make the choice to forgive her when he saw how awful the people were treating her? Did Jesus choose to forgive her when he saw that it was an unfair trial, that there, was, that there wasn't the other party there in the midst of them as well, and, and, and only the woman was being condemned, but the man was, was not in sight? Was, did Jesus decide to forgive her when he saw that the trial was unfair? I believe that Jesus chose to forgive her before she ever sinned, because that's what the heart of God does. Because God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit made the decision to forgive everything that you and I have done long ago, which is why he could simply request of her, you see I've forgiven you. Don't keep destroying this relationship. I've forgiven you. 
Don't keep doing things to harm yourself or harm the heart of God. Probably sometime in your life ahead of you, you are going to sin. You and I are going to injure and hurt God. Probably sometime in your life you've already done that. You've already sinned and injured and hurt God. And we're told in Scripture to go and confess our sins. And we, like the adulterous woman, are thrown at the feet of Jesus by Satan who wants us to be condemned and wants us to, to feel under, under his wrath. And there is all our sin out there. And Jesus tells us in that moment, I've already forgiven you. Now go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. You're forgiven. Stop rejecting my forgiveness and destroying this relationship. Now go and sin no more. That is how God forgives. The decision is made prior to our sin. Brothers and sisters, you and I don't have to convince God to forgive us. We don't have to barter with him. We don't have to work it out. Have you ever gone to someone and asked forgiveness and they say, well, I have three sons, a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and a three-year-old. Can you imagine how forgiveness goes in those environments? They didn't go say sorry to your brother. Landon, I'm sorry. You're not really sorry. Daddy, he said I'm not really sorry. Landon, I mean, this is, this is the forgiveness chain within, I mean, let's face it, even us adults, all right? Honey, I'm really sorry for what I did. Okay. <laughs> Anyone ever been there? We have those moments, right? We have those moments. God's not like that. God's not like that. God says, we say, I'm sorry, please forgive me. And God says, I've already forgiven you. I've already forgiven you. That is how God forgives even before we ask or repent, God made the decision to always forgive. Now with that in mind, I want us to think about this phrase in the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Jesus here is speaking to his followers. He's speaking to believers. And he tells them to pray for forgiveness from God in the same way that they forgive. Now we know how God forgives. God forgives whether or not we seek that forgiveness. Now, now we don't receive the blessings of that forgiveness till we go and seek that forgiveness. But in God's heart, forgiveness has already taken place. He makes this decision to always forgive. He makes the decision to never hold a grudge. So basically what Jesus is saying to us is we are to forgive in the same way that God through Jesus, uh, through God, as God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit forgive us. Those people that have injured you in your life, those people that have wronged you in your life. Can I ask you, have you chosen to forgive them? Or are you waiting for them to figure it out, to come and make amends and to prove to you how sorry they really are? If you hold something against another individual, then, then there's an aspect of us that we have to ask based on what Christ has taught us. Have we, have we truly accepted or we truly understood the forgiveness that's been given to us through God? These are not my words, these are actually the words from scripture. Matthew chapter six, just after te Jesus teaches on this prayer 
the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6, just a few verses later, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 14, Jesus shares more on the idea of forgiveness. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 14. Jesus said this, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Now some may say, well see it says he doesn't forgive us unless we forgive others. This isn't saying that the heart of God doesn't forgive you. It's simply saying that we do not receive the blessing, the full enumeration, the full value of that forgiveness unless we forgive others. Or if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespassers, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. We, it shows that we have not truly received God's forgiveness. This is what this is saying. We have not truly received God's forgiveness unless we forgive. God chooses to forgive us immediately. But it can still not take effect in your life or in my life unless we choose to forgive others. Others. And when we truly accept forgiveness, the Bible teaches us we change. This is what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches us that we change. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, as Deborah prayed in her prayer. Cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Cleansing from unrighteousness follows forgiveness. To be cleansed from unrighteousness does not mean simply that the sin is gone, but it means also that we are changed, that we are made new, that we are covered in the, in the robe and the righteousness of Jesus Christ. The woman caught in adultery, we already read this. The Bible said, uh, Jesus said to her, who are those that condemned you? And she says, no one. And he says, neither do I condemn you. Now go and sin no more. Jesus said basically, I forgive you, and now allow this forgiveness to change you and to make you new. Allow it to, to grow you, to, to cover you in the righteousness of Jesus so that you do not continue in this way, so that you do not continue to destroy and harm this relationship. Forgiveness brings about in us a change in direction. Why, did God, why does God want us to forgive? And why does God want us to ask forgiveness? It's not for his purpose. It's not for, because he needs it. It's because we need it. There's something in us that needs to be able to say to someone, I forgive you. I let go. I surrender this to you. I got a text message just this week from an from a friend of mine from way, way back in the day, from back in high school. And I ran into this person maybe several years ago. I don't know how many years ago. They said, I think three years ago this happened. I remember meeting them. I remember running into them. But I don't remember anything about the encounter. But in the text message this week, this individual had this very, 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 very long text message. You know those very, very, very long text messages that you get? There was basically an apology in asking me to forgive them for something. Now, of course I'm going to forgive them. You know, back in the past, my, my answer would have been, uh, I don't remember what you're talking about, so no big deal, don't worry about it. But I've learned that there's something in us that needs to hear someone say, I forgive you. You're forgiven. There's something about this. Here's someone had done something. They, it's been on their heart for years, and, and they sought 
my forgiveness. We seek forgiveness not because we, because God needs it, but because there's something in us that needs to forgive. So God asks us to forgive others because when we forgive others, when we practice forgiveness, it changes us. When we, when we go and seek forgiveness, it changes us. It changes us. Matthew chapter 18, beginning in verse 21. Matthew chapter 18, beginning in verse 21. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to, to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and, that, and, and all that he had and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. Now that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what, they, what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly Father also will do to each of you from his heart, if from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Does not forgive his brothers his trespasses. Why did Jesus tell this parable? Jesus was conveying the idea that if one truly understands how much they've been forgiven, then they too will be likely, will be willing to forget others who have done wrong to them. Folks, in the body of Christ, as Christians, there should be no one that we are unwilling to forgive. The parable illustrates to us that God expects us, if we truly have been forgiven, that, that our hearts will be changed and be willing then to forgive others. Martin Lloyd-Jones said it this way, the proof that you and I are forgiven is that we forgive others. The man who knows he has been forgiven only in and through the shed blood of Christ is a man who must forgive. He cannot help himself. If we really know Christ is our Savior, our hearts are broken and cannot be hard and we cannot refuse forgiveness. Henry Blackaby, author of Experiencing God, put it this way. Jesus said that the measure in which we are forgiven is the same standard God will use in forgiving us. God's ways are very different from ours. God's forgiveness is not based on standards we determine, but on these standards he established in his word. God allows for no exceptions when it comes to forgiveness. Nancy Lay DeMoss, forgiven people 
forgive others. And those who persistently refuse to forgive others have no basis to claim that they understand the forgiveness of God. And then one long before their time, the much wiser, I believe, Mrs. White wrote, one of the most common sins and one that is attended with most pernicious results is the indulgence of an unforgiving spirit. One of the most common sins and one that is attended with the most pernicious results is the indulgence of an unforgiving spirit. How many will cherish animosity or revenge and then bow before God and ask to be forgiven as they forgive? Surely they can have no true sense of the import of this prayer or they would not dare to take it upon their lips. That's a powerful word there. That, that if, we, if, we truly, if, we, if we truly understood this prayer, then we would forgive. And if we're not willing to forgive, then we should not even take this prayer upon our lips. We are dependent upon the pardoning mercy of God every day and every hour. How then can we cherish bitterness and malice toward our fellow sinners if in all their daily relations Christians would carry out the principles of this prayer? What a blessed change would be wrought in the church and in the world. This would be the most convincing testimony that could be given to the reality of Bible religion. The most convincing testimony, she says, that could be given to the reality of our religion, of our faith, of who we are as a people, is if we are a forgiving people. If we grant forgiveness to one another. Brothers and sisters, the, Lord prayer, the Lord's prayer teaches us, the scriptures teach us, that God has already made the decision to forgive. It's already been done in his heart. We simply must ask for and accept that, we simply must ask for and accept that forgiveness. And when we have truly received the full blessing of God's forgiveness, we will not be able to do anything but forgive others and forgive one another. Now we must interject here. Forgiveness does not mean, this is important to remember, forgiveness does not mean that you must resubmit yourself to an abusive climate. It does not mean that you must allow someone to continue to injure you in the way that they have injured you. Forgiveness does not mean that you protect someone from the, from the consequences of their sin. Forgiveness means that you do not hold anger against them. It means you do not harbor a grudge. It means you do not seek opportunity to get revenge. It means that you do not threaten, but you allow God to deal with the situation as he sees best. Forgiveness means that you love that person because Christ loves them. Not that you loved what they did, not that you may love what they do, but you love that person because Christ loves them. Why? Because you have been forgiven by God. I want to share with you a story. I wasn't planning on sharing with you, but I want to share this with you. Because it's easy for someone to get up front and say, you must forgive, you must forgive. But I want to tell you that this has been a challenge in my life. When I was four years old, four years old, I had a relative that thought it would be funny when they were drunk on occasion 
to put me in front of a TV and to turn on extremely graphic pornography and to taunt me while they showed me this. I also saw this relative beat one of my other relatives. And for years, I held in my heart such anger and hatred for this person. And I was, as I got older and the older I got, I, I looked for every opportunity in which I could be disrespectful to this person, in which I could, which I could slander this person to whoever would listen. Then I was in seminary. I was in seminary at Andrews University. And I was reading through passages like this. And I was praying, you know, God, I want to receive your forgiveness. I want to accept your forgiveness. And God brought this person to my heart. God brought this individual to my heart. And God asked me the question, have you forgiven this individual? And I told God it was not my responsibility to forgive this person because this person had not asked me for forgiveness. And I was just a kid when this person did this to me. And God asked me again, have you forgiven this person? And you know, that struggle went on for a number of weeks until one day I sat down at a desk and I wrote out a letter basically telling this person that I had forgiven them for what they'd done to me. And I sent the letter. And I'll tell you, when I sent that letter, I never heard directly from the person. I heard from someone that was with the person when the letter was read that they wept as they read it. But the person never called me and said, hey, please forgive me, or thank you for the letter, or thank you for, never said anything like that. But I'll tell you what, the moment I sent that letter, there was a burden released from me. There was a burden released from me, and I understood the forgiveness of God in a whole new way. And since that point in my life, it has been much easier to forgive people no matter the situation. It's been much easier when someone says something against me or done something against me to say, you know what, I'm okay with it, even if they don't ask. But it wasn't easy prior to that, but God convicted me of that. Have you, have you accepted my forgiveness? Have you been willing to forgive another? So when I talk to you about this idea. I don't say it with, oh, it's just easy. I know, oh, just go ahead. You need to forgive everybody. Folks, I still carry those scars. I still have all those memories. But I don't have the hatred or the anger in my heart anymore. I've forgiven. And it's been a blessing to me God has forgiven us of so much and he calls us to forgive. He calls us to forgive people no matter the situation. We don't submit ourselves again to those situations or to those moments in time. But we forgive and we put those individuals in God's hands 
and we trust him and we choose to live in freedom. And so I wanna challenge us today to not just say we are forgiven, but truly to live as forgiven people by being willing to forgive others. Will you pull out your connection cards at this time, those cards that you got in your bulletins when you came in? There on the back side is my response to today's sermon. While you're turning there on the back of the card, it says, I'm interested in, on the right side, begin a relationship with Jesus. If you're here, you don't know why the Lord brought you in here, maybe God is calling you, he wants you to begin a relationship with him today. We love to to go on that journey with you and to, to walk with you in that journey of your relationship with Jesus. You can go ahead and check that box. If you've never been baptized and you need to make a decision to make a public stand for Jesus, go ahead and check that box, information on baptism. If you're looking for a church, we love to be uh, the church. If you'd like to receive baptismal studies or studies on, on doctrinal issues, please check that box. But in response to today's sermon in particular, the first one says, I would like to receive the full blessings of God's forgiveness by accepting the forgiveness which has already been granted through his son, Jesus Christ. God has already granted you this forgiveness. The, the price was paid at the cross. It's simply a matter of are we going to open up the gift that God has already given us. You don't have to convince God to forgive you. You guys don't have to work harder to to help God believe that you're really sorry. You simply go to him and say, God, I'm sorry, forgive me, and accept his forgiveness. Accept the forgiveness he's already granted. Number two, I have harbored an unforgiving spirit in my heart. That's you, if there's something in your life Jesus, through the power of your forgiveness, give me the strength to forgive the person or persons I have previously been unable or unwilling to forgive. It's only gonna come through the strength of Jesus. I wasn't able to forgive that, that, that individual, that family member. I wasn't able to forgive them because I wanted to or because I was an ultra strong person. I wrestled with God for it, but finally God won and I surrendered to that and God won and I was able to forgive. But it came only as I surrendered to God and he gave me the power and the victory to do so. Finally, Holy Spirit, teach me how to live day by day in response to the forgiveness I have received through Jesus from God the Father. We don't just wanna forgive one time and have it be done, but we wanna be, live a life as a forgiving people, a people who are forgiven and who are forgiving to others. Let us pray. Jesus, All of us in here, probably even those of us who have accepted it, need to still understand more fully the forgiveness of you. Help us to know and to believe that you have forgiven us. That we are truly made new by the blood of Jesus Christ. That God, when you see us, you don't see all of our mistakes, but you see children, sons and daughters that are, that are loved, that are cared for. Lord, and I pray that as we surrender to this forgiveness, as we accept this forgiveness fully, that you will give us hearts, that you will give us hearts that will forgive others. I'm sure everybody in here has stories, probably stories 
far worse than mine in many cases. Lord, grant them the strength. Lord, this is not about surrendering to to that person. This is not about going back into that world. But Lord, grant each one of us the strength to forgive as you have forgiven us. To release others from our judgment, from our condemnation, from our hatred, from our bitterness. To release others and allow you to be God in their lives just as you are God in our lives. Lord, teach us how to be a forgiving people amongst one another. That this church, the Spencerville Church, that the Seventh-day Adventist Church may truly reflect you, God. The next time we come to this prayer, when we speak these words, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. May we do so knowing we've been forgiven and having forgiven others. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.